Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Your host is Dr. Mark French. Mark's passion is helping organizations motivate their teams. This podcast is focused on bringing out the best in leadership through creating strong values, learning opportunities, teamwork, and safety. Nothing is more important than protecting your people. Safety creates an environment for empathy, innovation, and empowerment. Together, we'll discover meaning and purpose through shaping our safety culture. Thanks for joining us this episode. And now, here is Dr. Mark French. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hi, I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and uh, wow, I'm so happy you've joined me. Welcome, and I uh, hope you're doing well. So today, isn't, I'm, I'm going to start with just something that I find funny and obvious, and uh, I'm this podcast is on in October, and it's on Friday the 13th. Not that I'm superstitious, but I, I just... I think I just want to commemorate that officially by saying it out loud as happy Friday and it's Friday the 13th, <laughs> which you may be downloading this at any point at any time. Cause I know it's perpetual out there in my, <laughs> in my world, in the, uh, the podcast realm. But, uh, if you're listening to this anytime later, just remember that in October of 2023, we had Friday the 13th. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I, you know, I've uh, usually I'll use some news stories and take that to bring out some things to learn about whatever. This time, I actually was having a really good discussion with uh, a good friend of mine, coworker, about metrics, about measurements. Now, I I love data. I am a data person, uh, and I have struggled with the idea, and I have blogged about this and talked about this before, where safety data is more than data. It's people. Every piece, every dot, every bar, every notch that you put into a chart when it comes to safety is a human being. And we cannot forget that. We absolutely, and I can get lost in that. I have gotten lost in that many times in my career when you're looking at the data and you're looking at these aggregates and you're getting bigger and bigger, it's easy to lose it to metrics because we're so metrics driven. Oh, you talk about continuous improvement. It uses data to drive what you're doing. It also uses other things. I understand that, but data is a primary focus. So we were talking about data. We were talking about measurements of a safety program, proactive, reactive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of the data metrics that we came across was I was actually in the HR realm looking at HR data, and part of the HR function that I have is learning and development. So, and I love learning and development, so I'm really happy it's part of what I do for my day job and my other job and anytime. I love learning and development. I love teaching. I love learning. I love the whole, the whole kit there. If there's learning to be done or teaching, I just like being a part of it. <laughs> so we were talking about learning and development data. And one of the targets that I had that we needed to accomplish for the year was 100% complete, 
completion and all regulatory required training. That sounds normal. That sounds natural when I say it. And as a safety person, if you're a safety person listening to this, you get what I'm saying, that there is no such thing as noncompliance with training. You just can't have it. Because the way I, well, let me step back. He's a really strong engineer data guy. Brilliant. I I love talking to him. And he said, isn't that... 100% 100% is not achievable. Like that that's truly like a, up in the stratosphere like 99.9. How about 99.999? Let's go for like the true six sigma quality metrics. Like if you're at the top of the top of the top, it still it approaches a 100, but it never actually gets there. And when you, when you think about 99% out of 100, that's 1 out of 100 you may miss. You go an extra 9 it's 1 out of 1000. You go another one, it's 1 out of 10,000. And so you think about larger, like my organization's not huge. So one person missing is a big percent or it could be a partial piece of a percent. In a larger company, someone missing a piece of training, I mean, literally 10,000 people, one person misses and you've got that that 99.99% completion. It's not 100. Now, let me explain what I had to uh, walk through. And this is where I get it. And I also struggle because from a data standpoint, I get it. There's always an opportunity for improvement. That's what data, if you're at 100%, there's no room for improvement. You're perfect. You never have to do anything. But let's take a walk through an OSHA inspection. And I've been there. I have been there. And they come in. They're doing their job as they're supposed to. They're doing their inspection wall to wall. And during their their work, they're talking to employees they're asking questions, they're pulling people aside doing interviews, they're they're collecting people data. Now, not that you can stand in there and listen to what they're asking, they have the right to have those questions private, but you want to take a note of who the OSHA inspector is talking to. Like they talk to Mark French during their walk around. You want to know who it was, why? Because when you get back to the office, they're going to ask for their training records. They're going to ask. Basically, that person becomes the data point. So they randomly bump into someone and they start chatting, doing the interview about safety. Then you will come back and they will say, hey, or I've talked to these people. I'm going to need their training records. Or if they're looking for anything else, they're going to use that person or those people as the reference points. So let's say if you had an organization of a thousand people and you, that was the one tenth of a percent, that one guy, that one person, that one, that one human being in your plant or facility is that one person, that one tenth of a percent that you missed and you bring up the, you know, I don't have his, I don't have their training records for, let's pick something mundane. Let's let's say that they've been around for a long time. I'm I'm trying to play this up as like, I guess, best case scenario for the safety person. <laughs> let's say they've been a 10-year employee, and for nine of 10 years, you have that they have done HASCOM training every year, spot on. But something happened that other year, vacation, something happened. And for some reason, you don't have training record for this year. And they're the one-tenth of a percent. Depending on 
<laughs> that inspector, you may see a fine. It'll be other than serious. You'll have to bring that person in, train. You might lose $500, but it's going to show up that you had an other than serious incident and it was training related, HASCOM training related. Now, is that important? Yes. I'm not saying it's not important. It, you need to have a system in place that if, if someone is sick, if someone is out, if someone is not available during your training times, do you need a methodology that says, I'm going to make sure I document that they are not here, that I'm going to document that they're not here, and then I'm going to catch up. I'm going to make sure that I find them later when they are back or around in some systemic way and catch them up. Absolutely, you should do that. You need that. that that's so, so important. Uh, and I cannot under, I, I am, a, again, I am a training pro. I love training. I love good training. <laughs> Let me, hmm, I'll step back on that one. I like good training. Not all of it is, is I get it. it that, that's a struggle in the safety world because there's so much we cover and some of it's repetitive and annual, et cetera, et cetera. We need that methodology, but yet is there still the chance that you will be less than perfect? Oh yeah. And that was such a great, uh, interesting idea that he and I were having about the real, like real life expectations and the real of life and data and human beings and the cycle of an organization. Oh, I want to talk more about that because I have a whole lot more that's uh, running around and I think we it's a great topic. So let's talk more about that coming up on the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. DSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So we this week, we're talking about on this Friday, the 13th of October. <laughs> we are talking about metrics. And my friend and I were talking about how, like, in the world of quality of DPMO and Six Sigma, you approach 100%, you never get there. From a regulatory standpoint, from an OSHA standpoint, and something as basic as safety training, the expectation is 100%. It's either, it's either yes or no. It's very binary. Either you've done it or you haven't. And that's for everybody. Every single person, because the person they talk to in Murphy's Law, <laughs> if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. They're going to talk to the person who fell through the cracks. I've been there <laughs> I've seen it firsthand and it frustrated me and I learned from it and I tried to get better, but I also know perfection is tough, especially when you have a lot of moving pieces and a lot of human beings and a lot of human things going on and training is inherently human. And is it important? I, I will. Yes. One of the most important things we do is set the stage through good training. 
Now, then after that, it's all about following through, but we set the stage with good training. So I want to talk more about these, these numbers, these numbers that we collect every day with safety. And some of this is going to sound very simple, and I get that because <laughs> uh, I have to sometimes rationalize and walk my way through it. But there's so many letters now out there for metrics. There's your KPIs, key performance indicators. There's your OKRs. And there's just metrics. And then there's goals. And on and on and on, there's these letters. When I look at what we do in the safety world for leadership, and we lead with these metrics, is we use the same ones for everything. Whether it be our, our key opportunities or whether it be what we're reporting out, the data vastly remains the same. And we look at it from all the way from exceptionally reactive to hopefully what we would consider exceptionally proactive. And the whole range. And usually you would like, if collecting anything, if you're collecting reactive data and you're actually using it and you're reacting to it, good. And then you can build. And But this data stays the same. You look at your lost time incidents. How many do we have? How severe were they? Recordable incidents, first aid incidents. Then you move into like more proactive where it's near hits or near misses. And even that is, is a little scary because if you're not treating them with a lot of focus and you're not treating them as really how bad they could have been and not from a blaming the human standpoint, but from a risk mitigation standpoint. So let me... Let me take one more step back before I move into metrics and talk one more thing about training that I can't let go until I say it. Training is not a punishment. You do not blame someone for doing something wrong and they go, what you need is more training. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes. Other times, maybe it's more mentorship. Maybe it's more guidance. Maybe it's some hands-on approaches. It may be considered learning, but it shouldn't be just sitting in front of another PowerPoint or reassigning you something in the system. Sometimes it has to be where you do it for everybody if it's something you want to extend system-wide, but don't rely on it as the one and only thing that we use when someone has something happen. It shouldn't be, people shouldn't think of training as a punishment. They should think of it as like, you know, okay, I, I do need to refresh my skills and maybe and there should be other things too. Anyway, let's go back to metrics. Metrics. When we look at those metrics and we start pushing into the proactive metrics, it's really up to us to define what is good and what isn't. And here is the interesting part, and I've had so many debates, and I would love to have your opinion on it. If you want to comment on any of my social media, if you want to email me, whatever, I would love to have other opinions on this, is how do you effectively decide how much proactive data is good data? Because I've been in places where you set the quota and you say everybody is going to do so many walk-arounds and, and things every week or every day. And you start getting some really interesting data. And sometimes it's <laughs> humorous data because they're running out of things to do or they don't have time. And it, it gets your typical pencil on paper or data into the web. 
and it's just junk. And for me, that's the guy go principle. If it's garbage in, it's garbage out. We're not learning from it anymore. It's just creating these inflated numbers that we know are not real, and we are just waving a flag and going, look at all this amazing data that means absolutely nothing. But then on the other hand, how do you get it to be good data, but also enough quantity? Because if you don't set the target, ultimately, if it's not measured, it's not managed. If you don't set the target, then you're going to have some people go, well, I don't have to do it. You didn't give me a target. So why should I do it? Where do you get that fine in between of making sure you're getting good data of proactive data and the just garbage data that's just huge quantities of data? Where is that breaking point? Where I know it's very cultural. It, it changes over time. It probably has to be very adaptive. It has to be dynamic and living. How do we do that? I still struggle with that one myself because I know that we need to set a goal, but I also want that. I want them looking for real things that can hurt people and finding solutions there and system-wide to fix it. That's the goal is that we find stuff before it hurts people and we fix it. That's ultimately what we're trying to do through that data. But are we, hmm, how do we get it good? That's terrible English. That grammar was awful. But how do we make it in a way that there's enough of it, but it's also meaningful and it's relevant and it's real? Ooh. Yeah, and that's where I, that's where I stopped. Like, I really don't... Usually I can come to a solution or a conclusion at the end of these podcasts. Not this time. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm reaching out. How do we do that? Ah, the great mystery. We'll keep working on it, though. We'll keep talking about it right here on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy this Friday the 13th. And until next time we chat, stay safe. for listening to the leading and learning through safety podcast more content is available online at www.tsdaconsulting.com all the opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes it is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast.